Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. This is the third Sunday after Epiphany. And for our friends who are worshiping online, we welcome you as well. And we uh, remind you that you can go to our website, to uh, the resources tab where you can download the bulletin and also find options for giving your gifts to the Lord. Just a few announcements before we begin worship this morning. Uh, This month of January is when we especially focus on life issues and the sanctity of life. In fact, this weekend is the weekend that churches across the nation are celebrating Life Sunday, or Life Weekend. A reminder that our life team here at chapel has prepared a couple of bulletin boards in the common area. I invite you to go look at those after service, and uh, note that one of them is this uh, beautiful display of 3D images of an embryo as it develops into a baby. And the other bulletin board has fun baby pictures of all sorts of different chapel members. And you're encouraged to try to guess who's who in that bulletin board. So we thank our life team for putting that together. We also thank them for putting together the short video that you can see playing at the Welcome Center. Um, uh, It's about uh, fetal models and uh, some of our cute Chapel of the Cross kids playing with some of these different fetal models. Year-end contribution statements are available in the common areas and at the Welcome Center for you to pick up. They're in alphabetical order by last name. If you find yours and take it home with you today, we would really appreciate that. So thanks for your help. Next Sunday, uh, February 6th, not next Sunday, two Sundays from now, that's good. Two Sundays from now, February 6th, um, there will be a hymn festival at Concordia Seminary Uh, in the chapel of St. Timothy and St. Titus. I'm glad it's two weeks away, not one week away. That puts less pressure on me. Um, But that'll be a wonderful hymn festival. We invite you to come for that. Um, It's going to be a a real nice cantata by David von Kampen. That's kind of the centerpiece of uh, of the, the hymn festival and some lovely epiphany hymns as well. I'll be playing the organ and uh, Reverend Stephen Starkey uh, will be the guest commentator. So you're invited to come down at 3 o'clock at the Chapel of St. Timothy and St. Titus at Concordia Seminary on February 6th. That's not Super Bowl Sunday either, so you, you really have no excuse, right? Yes, you can come. Uh, and if you can't come in person, that uh, will also be live streamed. So we invite you to, to watch the live stream of that as well. And finally, as you may have heard, uh, this past week, uh, Pastor Ellery Glenn uh, underwent emergency surgery on his neck. Uh, Pastor Glenn will need time to recover and regain movement after his surgery, and we ask that you keep him in prayer, as well as his wife, Kathy. And uh, I guess finally, we also celebrate uh, Audrey and her 94th birthday this week. So happy birthday to you, and we're very thankful for the gift of life that God continues to work in and through you, and uh, you're a blessing to us and to our congregation. So thank you for that. We praise God for you. May God bless your worship today. Uh, We begin by singing our opening hymn, Hail to the Lord's Anointed. You're invited to stand.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin to God, our merciful Father. To you, O God, we confess that we have sinned against you in our thoughts, words, and deeds, and also by the good we have failed to do. Our love for you and for our neighbors has often been weak. By your law, you reveal the judgment we rightly deserve. Because your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, has fulfilled your law on our behalf, we beg your forgiveness and grace to restore us to life with you and the fellowship of all believers. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, your word clearly shows your love for the world, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Give to us both heartfelt repentance and faith that we may rejoice together and praise your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
The Old Testament reading is from the eighth chapter of Nehemiah. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what, had, what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the word of the Lord. O oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts all You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before the words on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I fail to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light will become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am here for anyone who 
my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. The epistle is from the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? 
Do not work muzzles, miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. This is the word of the Lord. body and spirit for the reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. 
the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Is this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely, you will quote the proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of a hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Bryson DeChambeau is a name that you probably did not expect to hear if you're familiar with it. If you're unfamiliar with who he is, he's a very well-known professional golfer on the PGA Tour. He's known for being one of the best in the world, currently ranked ninth overall in the world golf rankings. He's known for his intellect. He earned a physics degree in college, and since entering professional golf, he has even earned himself the nickname the Mad Scientist. He is obsessed with studying and finding new ways to improve his game. He even helped design his own unique set of golf clubs, which are all the same length, to allow for him to hit the ball more consistently. He's known for winning the United States Open, which is one of professional golf's four major tournaments. But more than any of that, Bryson DeChambeau is known for hitting the golf ball farther than anyone else. He is the longest driver of anyone in professional golf. He boasts an average driver swing speed of 132.25 miles per hour. The professional tour average is only 114 miles per hour. This isn't solely a natural gift for Bryson. He has studied and trained his body rigorously to be able to perform at such a high level. And if you look at a picture of him, this training shows he looks more like he should be playing linebacker in one of today's NFL playoff games than hitting the links for a round of golf. His goal is to hit the ball as hard and as far as he possibly can. To do this, every part of his body has to be working together in tandem. When Bryson DeChambeau suffers just one injury, it could be his foot or his wrist or elbow, back, knee, hand, no matter how minor the injury may seem, it affects his swing immensely. His whole body has to work together in harmony to create a swing that is powerful enough to produce the desired results. When just one part of his body is injured, ignored, or not trained properly, his goal of hitting the ball farther and improving his game and winning more tournaments is in serious jeopardy. I'm guessing that you didn't come here today for a golf lesson, but it's an image that has been stuck in my head since I first read the appointed readings for today, Life Sunday. Look back at the first verse of our epistle reading for today. It was just read a moment ago. St. Paul says, For just as the body is one 
and has many members. And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. Brothers and sisters, you aren't single, isolated believers who just happen to be sitting here today in the same room as a bunch of other single, isolated believers. We are a unit, a family, one body joined together by Christ. And as that body joined together with Christ, we have been given a glorious mission. We have been called to share the life-giving word of Christ with all people. Go and make disciples of all nations. Like I said, it is a glorious mission. It's a task that carries with it the reminder for us that our God desires for all people to be saved. But it is also a lofty and difficult task. It is a task that right here and right now for us is flourishing by God's grace. All of you sitting here today are evidence of that. But it is also a task and a mission that is hampered by the sin and the brokenness of this world that we live in. I already mentioned that today is Life Sunday. It's a day where we and churches all across the country are celebrating the sanctity of all life. But it's also a day that stands for us as a stark reminder that we fail to live together as one body in Christ, working together as that one body to carry out his mission is something that we fail at all too often. Look again to Paul's words. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. When the elderly are no longer cared for because they are deemed a lost cause, when the unborn child's life is taken, when someone is disregarded, discriminated against, and demonized because of the color of their skin, when these things happen, the eye is saying to the hand, I have no need of you. I would like to stand here before you today and tell you that these are uniquely secular problems, but they're not. These things are happening among God's people, with every person who is no longer offered care, every child who is aborted, with every racist act and slanderous word, the body of Christ is tearing itself apart. We are like a golfer swinging with one arm broken and both eyes closed. We are 
a broken and disjointed and disconnected people. But there is one way in which we find unity. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. God looked upon his broken people, his own creation, when they had turned their back on him, he didn't do the same. Instead of turning his back and ignoring or disregarding his people, God took action. The God who created you, the God who loves you in such a way that he took on this broken human flesh to save you, he looked at that disjointed and broken body, many members all pulling in every direction, unable to work together to complete his mission, a suffering body. And through his own suffering and death, Christ stitched that broken body back together. By his wounds, our wounds are healed, and he still takes care of us today. When you leave this building today, you will no longer be together as the body of Christ as you are right now, but you will be an essential member of it nonetheless, taking with you that mission to go and make disciples of all nations. And then next week and each week after that, when you return here to be a part of the body of Christ in this way, again, you receive Christ's very body and blood, his body and blood which offers you forgiveness of sins and sustains you as a member of this one body. And that wonderful meal which we will experience here in a few minutes, it's a meal that is already beyond anything that we could possibly deserve. And it is only a foretaste of the feast to come. If you have ever experienced an injury or a surgery that requires physical therapy, you have a pretty good reference point for understanding the state we are living in as members of the body of believers. Think again about a golfer and imagine this golfer, his entire body working in tandem to drive the ball down the fairway. But then he experiences a wrist injury and it requires surgery and physical therapy. A physician steps in to help heal him, to perform the surgery, to get him on the road to recovery. But then he must go through a time of physical therapy. And it is grueling. Painful stretches, agonizing, strengthening exercises, day after day, 
week after week. He often fails. He even loses his way at times. He doesn't faithfully complete his daily exercises. If anyone here has gone through physical therapy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But despite all of this, he keeps going nonetheless. He keeps going because the entire time, throughout all that pain and anxiety, he is looking forward to what is to come. He is yearning for that day when his swing will be back to the way it was, when his whole body will be working together in unity and without defect. This is where you are right now. And you must take heart because you are a part of Christ's body. You are God's people who were made perfect in his image, working together perfectly in tandem. But there was an injury, a severe blemish that made the task God set before you impossible. <coughs> Excuse me. And so God sent his son, the great physician, and with that great healing act, he secured for you your future. You're not there yet, and it is a difficult journey. You will fail along the way, stray from the path even. But look ahead. Take courage in what is to come. Even in this difficult journey through life, God gives us the tools to carry on. Look at the end of our epistle reading and all the gifts that God blessed the Corinthian church with. We are blessed just as richly today. Pastors, teachers, musicians, administrators, groundskeepers, and the list goes on and on. So many members who serve this church here in this place specifically and so many members who are serving Christ's body. Men and women whom God has given us to help us along in this journey. Christ's body, the body that you are all part of right now, it's not yet fully recovered. Life Sunday reminds us of that. But full recovery is coming. Keep going. Christ, the great healer, will come again. And when he does, he will heal each and every one of your bodies fully, restored to the way it was intended. He will restore this earth to its perfect created state. And he will restore his body. And on that day, we will truly be one body with many members. We will truly be working together in perfect unity. And we will truly be one body in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand for the Nicene Creed.
We confess our faith together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, as was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us and for much God. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and descended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I am now one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
body and in spirit to pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all according to their needs. Heavenly Father, your Son has fulfilled the promise of the prophets and come to accomplish salvation for all people. Grant us the aid of your Holy Spirit that we may as one body work together to fulfill his purpose for his church in making Jesus Christ known to the nations. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, bless your church, the body of Christ, joined and knitted together by your spirit. Bless also each of us, the baptized children of God, that we may know our place within your purpose and boldly live to the praise of your glory. Lord, in your mercy. God of might, you appoint the governing authorities. Direct our governmental officials to come to the aid of the defenseless and to protect them. Watch over our military personnel, both here and in distant lands, and strengthen them and their families during times of loneliness and separation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of life, especially on this Sanctity of Life weekend, we thank you for creating us, giving us life, and providing us opportunity to serve our neighbors. You command us to defend those who cannot defend themselves. Look with mercy on our unborn brothers and sisters. Look with mercy also on those who are born, born into situations of abuse, neglect, poverty, prejudice, and oppression. Make us to be good stewards of your creation, which nourishes and sustains all lives. And teach us to speak and act in defense of those who cannot speak on their own behalf. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, give your counsel and aid to caregivers and medical personnel and grant healing and peace to all the sick and suffering, especially, especially Angela Jones and Pastor Ellery Glenn as he recovers from surgery. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, raise up the spirits of those who sorrow Bring calm to those whose hearts are troubled, and bring hope to those who grieve and mourn the loss of a loved one. Lord, in your mercy. Author of all life, we give you thanks especially today for the life that you have given to Audrey Lukey as she celebrates her 94th birthday. Help us to celebrate with her, rejoicing with her and all creation as we rejoice together in the gift that you give us, this gift of life. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, 
Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, for what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him, being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you in faith and hope now, even as we await his promised return. Depart in peace and joy. Amen. We rise for prayer. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. We sing together our closing hymn.